let's bow our heads now for prayer and, and uh, just go to our Lord in prayer. Dear kind Father, we thank you that you have brought us across the Jordan River, that you've brought us across the power of sin to be set free and to be made whole. Oh God, our loving Father, as we give you praise, we give you our hearts and open them up and ask you to change us and set us free from all things. Thank you, God. Now do in our hearts your will. In Christ's name we pray. Amen and amen. Thank you all so much. We're talking this morning about forgetting. How quick and easy it is to forget. You've heard the old saying, What have you done lately for me, baby? We have a way of forgetting all the wonderful things that our loved ones have done for us. What mom and dad have done for you. What your good friend has done for you. What God has done for you. You forgot what? A husband got in big trouble because he forgot his wedding anniversary. So his kind, sensitive, caring, loving wife simply looked at him and she said, Tomorrow, because you have forgotten our wedding day and our wedding anniversary, there had better be something in the driveway that goes from zero to 200 in two seconds flat. So the next morning she woke up she looked out there in the driveway, and there was a small package. She went out there, opened up that package, and found a brand new set of bathroom scales. Yep, yep. His funeral arrangements were set for the following Saturday. Yep. Memory is important, isn't it? We better be careful what we forget. If you think that's funny, forgetting your wedding anniversary, I, I read about a man who actually forgot his wedding. He really forgot his wedding. The bride was there, and all the, the, you know, the party was there, and uh, they waited, and they waited, and they waited, and for some reason they waited for hours, and Finally, somebody decided to pick the phone up and call and say, Hey, do you know what day this is? Do you, do you know where you're at? And um, she was shocked to hear that he had simply forgot it was his wedding day. How could something like that happen? Because we know that sometimes stress can bring on forgetful episodes in people's life. Even something you think that, you know, after all the preparation, there's no way you could forget it. Even that can happen. A man in Germany forgot his car. That's right. He went to a gas station, got out, and um, uh, pulled up to the pump and then just walked away and went home. After a while, the people working at the gas station noticed that car is not moving. So they called the authorities. And the authorities discovered the identity of the owner of that car, called him up. He came back, went over, put gas in it, paid for the gas, and then drove home. But he had forgotten his car. What was going on in his life? I remember the time that um, a church, my last church, threw a, a big party for the pastor, a surprise party. And it was at a, another off-site campus. And uh, totally surprised me. And We had a wonderful evening together. It was a Sunday evening. and Man, they pulled this thing off. I didn't have one idea about it. 
and we, <coughs> we all enjoyed ourselves, had a wonderful time. And then when it was over, uh, I was looking for my ride home, and my wife had gotten in the car and driven home and forgotten all about me. <laughs> I called her up. I said, hey, well, what happened? Oh, 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 you know, she had the kids, and she knew she wanted to get them home, and that was on her mind, and school the next day, and, you know, hey, I need a ride too, you know. She had just forgotten about me. Forget your anniversary, forget your wedding day, forget your car, forget your child, forget your husband, but, you know, don't ever forget God. Don't forget God and all the wonderful things He has done for you. There was this elderly couple where the man happened to have a much sharper memory than his wife did. One summer uh, afternoon, they were there on the front porch swinging and just kind of enjoying the hazy, sunny afternoon. And he looked at his wife and he says, you know what I love right now? I'd love to have one of those ice cream sundaes with chocolate spread all over two scoops of delicious ice-cold vanilla, whipped cream, nuts, and a cherry on top. His wife, so devoted, said, Okay, honey, I'll get up and I'll go fix it for you. And he said, No, 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 I'll fix it myself because if you go in there to do it, you'll forget the toppings. You'll forget the chocolate syrup, and you'll forget the nuts, and you'll forget to put that cherry on top of two scoops of vanilla. So, no, you're too forgetful. I'll just do it myself. No, she said, I can remember all of that. Let me go do it. So she goes into the kitchen, and he hears her stirring around and taking a while, maybe a while too long, and for too long, it's, although it seemed like she's gone forever, finally she comes back with a plate full biscuits and eggs and grits. The old man got angry. And immediately, he looked at this forgetful wife. And he said, see, I told you, you can't remember anything. Why, you forgot the bacon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're forgetful, aren't we? We can forget. But don't forget God. We get busy in life. Life gets good. We got the kids coming and going. You got the house. You got the job. You got friends everywhere. You got the church. Life is busy and life is good. But don't forget God. Some people can't forget anything and they wish they could. Some people actually had a photographic memory. They literally can recall anything that has ever happened in their life. You could say a certain day at 1220 and they could tell you what happened in their life. Oh, I was watching an episode of uh, Seinfeld and Jerry or whatever. And this is what they were talking about in that episode. People sometimes can have memories like that. They can't forget anything and they wish they could. But then there are those who can't recall anything. A lawyer from Westchester County in New York, a 57-year-old husband and father of two, a Boy Scout leader, a churchgoer, a good man, an outstanding neighbor, left the garage near his office 
and completely disappeared off the face of the earth. Six months later, he was discovered living under a new name in a homeless shelter in Chicago. He didn't know who he was. He didn't know where he came from. But finally, an anonymous tip on America's Most Wanted let his family know where he was and what he was doing. Can you imagine forgetting who you are? What your name is? This past week, I took a little road trip with my son. He was on spring break, so I said, let's take a little road trip. So we went down to Knoxville, Tennessee to visit with some of my family and friends. And we got the uh, SUV all packed up, and we headed out early on Monday morning. And imagine if as we're going down uh, Interstate 71, I was to look over at my son and say, uh, Brad, uh, where are we headed now? What's our destination? What, what, what place are we headed to? He would have thought, man, you are getting old, Dad. You're getting crazy. What's wrong with you? You can forget something even more important than that. People forget God. They forget God. Sometimes our memories can disappear, and just like that, all of a sudden, they can return. And you recall, and you say, yes, I know who I am. Yes, I know where I live. Yes, I know who my wife and kids are. Yes, I know what my life is all about. We sometimes laugh and call moments like that senior moments, and we all have them. Our memories change. What affects our memories? What do we remember? It's important for you to know that just as there are things we forget, there are also things we need to remember. Because what you choose to remember in your life, who you choose to listen to, determines what your life will be like. Your habits, your ideologies, your theology, your hopes and your fears are influenced by what you choose to remember. Somebody says, you're no good. And if you choose to remember that and play that over and over in your mind, it's going to have a very negative impact on who you are. But if you hear somebody say, you can do it, I'm praying for you. That's going to have a very different kind of an impact on your life. If you're grieving over the loss of a loved one and somebody comes up and they don't say anything, but in their silence they say everything, and you remember that, it has a dramatic impact. And in your hardest time, in the middle of a night of grief, you have the strength to go forward. There are lots of wonderful things to remember. And there are many wonderful things that we need to hold on to And never, ever, ever let go of. Never forget them. Always hold them dear to your heart. Things to remember. Do you forget that you're not just a sinner, but that you're also the child of God? Do you forget that you're his daughter? You're his son? Do you forget that you were saved? Do you forget that Jesus died on the cross for you? Do you forget that one day he's coming again to remember you and love you and bring you home? Or do you cling to the bitterness and the hurts and the pains and the problems of the past? Time to get to the text now today. As we continue our study of Samuel, and he helped them to remember that there's some things in life you better not ever forget. Some things that can never be forgotten. As we look in 1 Samuel chapter 12, we remember the setting for the story. Samuel is their judge. 
Samuel is their spiritual leader, their guide. Samuel has been bringing them forward to walk with God. God is their king. God is their leader. He has a covenant relationship with Israel. But Israel has said, it's not just enough that we have a covenant relationship with God. Now we also want a king. And God had told them that if you get a king, it's going to create trouble. It would just be like you being married and saying to your spouse, you know what, you're no longer just enough. I want someone else to sleep in our bed at night. I want someone else to live in our home. I want one more person in this marriage. That's kind of how God felt when they said, God's no longer enough in this covenant relationship. We want a king to rule over us. We want a king to guide us. God said, well, I'm your king. Am I not enough? Am I not enough? They were forgetting what God had done for them. And so we read the story in the words of Samuel. Beginning in 1 Samuel chapter 12. And I'm just going to read for a while. You hang on until I get to a stopping point. Samuel said to all Israel, I have listened to everything you said to me and, and have set a king over you. I gave you what you asked for. Don't agree with it. Don't like it. God doesn't agree with it. God doesn't like it. But you asked for a king and you got one. His name is Saul. And now you have a king as your leader. But as for me, I'm old and gray. And my sons are here with you. Remember, he was referring to their excuses earlier about why they needed a king. They said, Samuel, you're old. And your sons are not good leaders. He says, I've been your leader from my youth until this day. And here I stand. Now, testify against me in the presence of the Lord and his anointed. He asked them some rhetorical questions. Whose ox have I taken? Whose donkey have I taken? Whom have I cheated? Whom have I oppressed? From whose hand have I accepted a bribe to make, my, to make me shut my eyes? If I have done any of these things, I will make it right. They responded, You have not cheated or oppressed us. You have not taken anything from anyone's hand. Samuel said to them, The Lord is witnessed against you, and also his anointed is witnessed this day, that you have not found anything in my hand. He is my witness, they said. Then Samuel said to the people, it is the Lord who appointed Moses and Aaron and brought your forefathers up out of Egypt. Now then, stand here because I am going to confront you with evidence before the Lord as to all the righteous acts performed by the Lord for you and your fathers. And after Jacob entered Egypt, they cried out to the Lord for help. And the Lord sent Moses and Aaron who brought your forefathers out of Egypt and settled them in this place. But they, they forgot the Lord, their God. Mm. They forgot the Lord, their God. It wasn't as if God had been silent. It wasn't as if God had hidden himself. He had performed these wonderful, awe-inspiring miracles that if you had seen it 
it probably would have made the hair fall off your head. It would have scared you so much. They had seen those things with their own eyes. And yet they forgot God. How quickly we forget. And so he sold them into the hand of Sisera, the commander of the army of Hatsar, and into the hands of the Philistines and the king of Moab, who fought against them. They cried out to the Lord and said, We have sinned, we have forsaken the Lord, and we have served the Baals and the Ashtoreths. But now deliver us from the hands of our enemies, and we will serve you. Let's stop right there for a few minutes and do what... Samuel has done. Samuel reminded the people that they were an important time in their life. That they were getting this king. It was going to be easy for them to get their eyes off of the one who really was their king. It was going to forget that the primary relationship they had wasn't to serve the king and build him great cities and great walls and great monuments and a great palace. But their object in life was to be the people of God, to serve God, and to be God's witness to all the nations of the world, to serve the poor, to give justice to those who are oppressed, to reach out to the needy, to build people up, and to proclaim the love and mercy of God to all people. It's going to be easy for you to get your eyes off of me, your king, and you're probably going to put them on the king who will serve you, King Saul, or King David, or whoever is to come. And he says, so to help you remember, I'm going to recall your salvation experience. Remember Abraham, a wandering Aramean, a retired citizen, a retired senior citizen, a man who had made his fortune in life, and his wife, Sarah, his good wife, Sarah. But they had no children. They had no heir. So God said to them, get up from where you live and take a road trip. And unlike Pastor Billy, you don't know where you're headed. You really don't know where you're going on this trip. And you won't know when you get there. But when you get there, I'll let you know that there is where you need to be. And so with those kind of vague instructions, Abraham and Sarah set out. Wandering Arameans leaving the comforts of retirement and going to a place they'd never been to before in their life, just trusting that along the way, God would let them know you're here. And when they got there, this barren couple were able to have a child. And that child had other children. And that kid had other kids. And eventually they ended up in Egypt. Israel was in Egypt. And the Hebrews could go on and recount this whole story from memory of how God raised them up to be a mighty people in Egypt. But then the kings turned against them and they became slaves in Egypt. And then God sent a deliverer, Moses and his brother Aaron and Miriam, a woman. Imagine that. And these team members led them out of the most powerful nation on earth. And they went across the Red Sea. And they could recount that story and all the minute details of how God split the sea. And they went across on dry land. And how when Pharaoh's army came after them, 
the waters came crushing back down and destroyed Pharaoh's army. And they went across and they came to Kadesh Barnea and they eventually settled in the promised land and God built them up and God had delivered them. And he recalled event after event of how God had been good and faithful to them in the past. Don't forget God and what he has done for you. When I get together with my brothers, like I did this past week, we always inevitably end up recalling experiences from our life uh, as children. This past week, I reminded my brother Timmy and and, uh, my brother Daryl, but not my other brother Daryl, about um, a time when we were kids one night and we came home and it was cold, even in Louisiana. Dad was wanting to get a fast fire in the fireplace. And so instead of using some kindling wood, he was impatient for that. He didn't want to maybe throw a little kerosene to get a gentle, quick rise. He took some gasoline. Do a match on there. We had a fire. We had a fire. Almost burned the house down, you know. We can recall those experiences. And they just flow off of our tongues and out of our memory. It's quick and easy to go down memory lane. And so it was... For the children of Israel, they could recall these stories of all the wonderful deeds that God had done in their behalf. Do you do that? Can you go to your prayer life right now and recall how God saved you? Remember those wonderful words of Andre Crouch, take me back, Jesus, take me back to that first place, to that first that place where I first received you. Take you back. Take you back to the place where he baptized you. Did you get baptized in a river? Was it right here in this church? Was it in another part of this building where the worship center used to be? Who was it that was there when you got baptized? You remember that day? I got baptized on a Wednesday night at Calvary Baptist Church in Natchitoches, Louisiana. And uh, Reverend Earl Marr was my pastor. My family was there and friends and in-laws and outlaws came to see me get baptized on a Wednesday night. Did you know that it's okay to get baptized on a Wednesday night? You can do You can get baptized anytime. That's just when we did it. I remember that. I've never seen anybody get baptized on a Wednesday night but me. I don't know why, but that's just the way it was. We baptized on a Wednesday night that week. It was wonderful. I remember that experience. Do you remember when God became real to you? When God became more than just a word? When God became more than just, you know, that big guy up there or whatever? I remember uh, a young lady sharing in, in a seminary class one day that this happened for her when her family was going through a very difficult time. She was a child, and her mom and dad didn't have two nickels to rub together. I mean, they were completely out of food. It was just down to the bone, and they had left to go away. And and when they came back to their house, um, somebody evidently had a key to their home. And they had gone in, and they had packed their cabinets full of food. And when they opened up the refrigerator, it was stuffed full of food. And that mama and that daddy and all those little kids had a house full of food. And that little girl said, I remembered that we had prayed about having food and our family need met. And when we came home and we saw that kitchen full of food, God became more than just a name to me. You will recall things like that in your life where there were special moments with God. The light came on. You took that big step. 
the crossing of the River Jordan, you know, the ten plagues, the, the changing of those bitter waters into sweet waters as they were traveling toward Kadesh Barnea. God sending the manna, God sending the quail, God providing their needs, God sending Miriam and Moses and Aaron, God providing for them all the many times that he did, sending the pillar of fire, the pillar of the cloud. What else did God do that we don't know about? It's amazing and wonderful. But you've got your own story. You've got the own way that God has been at work in your life. You remember where you got saved. Maybe you were saved in your living room. Maybe you got saved in another state. Perhaps it was a preacher. Maybe you got saved by yourself. Maybe in vacation Bible school. And then you remember how there have been many other times along the way that God has built you up and used you in your faith. But like ancient Israel, we go through a cycle. They would walk with God. And they would recall those wonderful events. And then it would begin to kind of wane in their memory. And they would fall and get away from God. And then God would send somebody back like Samuel at this point. And he would gather the leaders together. And he said, do you recall the wandering Aramean Abraham and his lovely wife Sarah? And then repeat the whole story all over again. And the people would be reminded of who they were. Why does God send people into our lives to do that? Why do we gather every Sunday in church to remember this? Why do we gather in small groups to study the Bible? Because we are a forgetful people. We forget, and it's a whole lot easier to go out here and get caught up in the busyness of life and forget the goodness of life, the source of life, the giver of life, the one who loves us. And we need to be reminded of who God is and what He has done for us and what He wants to do in our lives. Don't forget God. In verse 22 of this chapter of 1 Samuel chapter 12, verse 22, it said, For the sake of His great name, the Lord will not reject His people, because the Lord was pleased to make you His own. Then verse 23 goes on to tell us another great promise of God. As for me, far be it from me that I should sin against the Lord by failing to pray for you. And I will teach you the way that is good and right. Even though we may forget God, He will never forget us. He will cling to you and He will continue to show you what is right and good. He will not abandon you in your sin. You may be forgetful, but He will never, ever be forgetful God would not forget Israel because it is a God who said, You are my people and I am your God and I will always walk with you. But they had forgotten God. They forgot His wonderful acts of kindness. They forgot what He had done for them. And now when Samuel retold the story, they had what all of our teachers tell us is the aha moment. And the light went on. And they remembered what God had done for them. Like spiritual amnesia, completely forgetting all that God had done for them. There's a book entitled The Medical Detectives. It speaks about a man who felt increasingly trapped in a life he didn't want to live. His father-in-law's business. So one day, he just didn't show up 
at the family store in Boston and found himself in New York. He was asked for his name at a local hotel and he couldn't remember his name. He honestly couldn't remember his name. They asked and they asked and he was very embarrassed that he realized he couldn't remember his name. He scratched his head, um, tried every way he could to uh, bring his memory and, and his identity back to mind. It just wouldn't work. So they finally got help for the individual. Doctors began to quiz him and ask the questions that doctors know how to ask in situations like this at the hospital. And then he recalled, under the help of those doctors, all of a sudden, I knew. All of a sudden, I remembered. And right there in the hospital, I jumped up. I shouted. I yelled. I screamed. And I said, I know. I know who I am. I remember my name. I know my wife's name. I know the name of my children. I remember where I live. My wife is Mildred. I live in Boston. And I can even tell you my address. I can tell you my name. Walter Eulen. That's my name. I remember who I am. This morning, I challenge you. Remember who you are. Do not forget God. Do not listen to your fears. Do not listen to the problems of the past. (coughs) Some of you have forgotten today that God sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to die for you on a rebel's cross. Some of you have forgotten hope. You forgot that Jesus, by the Father, was raised out of that that tomb. The tomb is empty, and today you can have hope. Some of you have forgotten that God has blessed you with a home, with a job, with shelter, Some of you have forgotten as you stand at a loved one's graveside that God will never leave you comfortless, but that His Holy Spirit will always be there to love you. You've forgotten as many acts of mercy and kindness, all the friends that He brings into your life, people He has sent to be Mary or Isaiah or Miriam or Aaron or Moses to you or Samuel and bring you back to God and bring you back home. God has sent those people. You may think, well, that's just my old brother-in-law trying to get me to go to church. Or that's just my next door neighbor. Or that's just my fellow worker. Or that's just another Baptist preacher. But it's Moses. It's Aaron. It's Miriam. It's Mary. It's a prophet of God. It's someone that God has sent into your life. I agree with the neurologist who teach us there are many things that we can forget and that sometimes forgetting is a wonderful thing. There are some things you just need to let go of and never remember again. And you can look at Satan and you can say, that's what I used to be, but I'm not that anymore. By the grace of God, I am born again. I am made whole. My sins have been forgiven. I'm God's child. And you don't have me anymore. 
We forget those old things. But then there's some things we need to remember that God has saved me through His grace and His love and His eternal mercy and His presence that will never let go of me. Those are the things I choose to never, never forget.